From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, the government issues a second return to work order for striking truckers, this time for drivers serving the steel and petrochemical industries. Seoul cautions domestic businesses to avoid hiring North Korean IT workers by mistake, warning that much of the revenue flows to weapons activities. And the men's national football team returns home to fanfare after advancing to the round of 16 in the World Cup for the first time in 12 years. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. Fifteen days after unionized truckers began a nationwide strike, the government ordered drivers serving the steel and petrochemical industries to resume their routes. The order came nine days after a similar directive for cement truckers. Richard Larkin has this report. The government has expanded its return-to-work order for striking unionized truckers, mandating freight haulers who serve the steel and petrochemical industries to resume work or face penalties. Prime Minister Han Duk-su announced the decision during an extraordinary cabinet meeting on Thursday, calling the strike unjustified and criticizing its detrimental blow to the nation's economy and industries. Logistics is the lifeline of our economy. When logistics stops, our industries come to a standstill and the damage ricochets to the national economy and public livelihood. Due to their refusal to deliver freight, manufacturers' inventory storage is at maximum capacity and they're no longer operational. For exporters, ground routes to ports are blocked. The Prime Minister said it was inevitable for the government to expand the back-to-work order amid concerns that the damage from the prolonged strike could expand to key industries, including semiconductors, and drive the nation's economy into crisis. There are concerns that problems with shipments for steel and petrochemical products may have repercussions on essential industries such as automobiles, shipbuilding and semiconductors and cripple our whole economy. The situation before us is too grave and urgent to wait for their voluntary return. Following the return to work order, Finance Minister Chu Kyung-ho warned that violators would face the same penalties as non-compliant cement truckers who were ordered to return on November 29th. Those who refuse to comply without reasonable cause may have their license revoked, face up to three years in prison, or a maximum fine of 30 million won. The minister said the truckers' collective action has dealt damages of 2.6 trillion won on the economy. Shipments of steel products have more than halved, while those for the petrochemical products stand at a meagre 20% of usual levels. Richard Larkin, KBS World Radio News. The head of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions has urged the government to halt its attacks against the Umbrella Union and seek ways to resolve the ongoing trucker strike through dialogue. Meeting with reporters on Thursday, KCTU Chief Yang Kyung-soo also called on President Yoon Suk-yeol to engage in talks, accusing the Transport Ministry and the ruling People Power Party of passing the buck. Yang argued that the safe trucking freight rate system, which is set to expire by the year's end, is proven to have reduced truckers' working hours and traffic accidents, criticizing the government for opposing the union's demand to expand the scope of the system. While the government has assailed the truckers' union for sacrificing the public's livelihood for its own interests, 
The union leader claimed that Thursday's return to work order for steel and petrochemical truckers only serves the interests of conglomerates. The government has urged South Korean companies to exercise caution and strengthen identification efforts to avoid hiring disguised North Korean IT workers. It believes the North is funneling foreign currency earned from illegal cyber activities to nuclear and missile development. Our Beju Yun has more. In a joint statement on Tuesday, the ministries of Foreign Affairs, Science and Unification, as well as the National Intelligence Service, called on domestic businesses to be wary of employing North Korean IT workers by mistake. The agency said the government has assessed from a preemptive inspection that it is possible for the North's IT specialists to fake their identities and gain employment in or win contract projects from South Korean companies. The government advised firms to exercise caution as taking on North Korean IT hands would not only tarnish their reputations but also violate related domestic and international sanctions, including the Inter-Korean Exchange and Cooperation Act as well as UN Security Council resolutions. The agency cited that the North's IT labor force brings in hundreds of millions of dollars in foreign currency every year through work, adding that most of their revenues are funneled into the North's development of nuclear weapons and missiles. The interagency warning detailed how North Korean IT workers obtain fake identities and what precautions companies should take when using South Korean job search platforms and when seeking global hires for projects. The government said the North's IT workers can forge identities or borrow other people's accounts when seeking work or joining job searching websites. There are some cases of North Koreans teaming up with international IT specialists as subcontractors on a project. The ministries recommended businesses to authenticate identities of participants when delegating work to an outside workforce. The government said it hopes the advisory will help companies build safer online job search systems and block the North from siphoning information or illicitly earning foreign currency in cyberspace to raise funds for its nuclear and missile programs. Pedro Kibis World Radio News. The men's national football team. Who advanced to the round of 16 at the FIFA World Cup for the first time in 12 years returned home to much fanfare on Wednesday. Head coach Paulo Bento and most of the players arrived at Incheon International Airport after getting knocked out of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar on Tuesday. Bento, who decided not to renew his contract with the Korea Football Association, thanked the public for their support on behalf of the players. Team captain Son Heung-min said this is not the end of the national team's journey and that they will continue to move forward. The team is set to attend a dinner on an invitation from President Yoon Suk-yeol on Thursday. An opposition-led motion calling for the dismissal of Interior Minister Lee Sang-min over the bungled government response to the fatal crowd crush in Itaewon has been reported to the National Assembly. During a plenary session on Thursday, Assembly Speaker Kim Jin-pyo asked the floor leaders of the ruling and main opposition parties to deliberate on the schedule for the remaining process. This comes after the main opposition Democratic Party previously proposed the motion on November 30th. With its majority in Parliament, the DP is seeking to pass the motion through the Assembly on Friday, acting within a 72-hour window before it automatically expires. The Korea Institute for Curriculum and Evaluation released an analysis of this year's university entrance exam on Thursday. The overall statistics for the statewide annual College Scholastic Ability Test, known as Suneng, showed that mathematics was more difficult this year, with the number of perfect scores falling to one third of last year's. The Korean section appears to have been easier than last year's, with a significant increase in the number of perfect scores from the previous round of testing. The agency announced that three people received perfect scores overall out of the 447,669 test takers this year. Students will receive individual report cards on Friday.
a compromise bill of the U.S. National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal year 2023, maintains the current number of U.S. troops stationed in South Korea at around 28,500. The U.S. Congress on Tuesday released the text of the revised bill agreed on by the Senate and House of Representatives. The NDAA bill also affirms the U.S.'s commitment to extended deterrence using the full range of its defense capabilities, consistent with the mutual defense treaty between the U.S. and South Korea. In addition, the bill, which stipulates funding for the U.S. Defense Department and other defense operations for next year, stressed that Washington needs to bolster its relations with allies in the Indo-Pacific region to counter China. The Republicans and Democrats have agreed to pass the bill in the Senate and the House and send it to U.S. President Joe Biden within this year. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index fell 11.73 points, or 0.49% on Thursday, closing the day at 2,371.08. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.